0: You are locked on Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's do it. Locked On Horn Frogs, we're live. Welcome into the show, Stephen Simcox here with you. I'm your host of Locked On Horn Frogs, also producer at 1660 ESPN Central Texas and. Happy to be with you as we are uh, inching closer to TCUS Virginia. That game's tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. And my hot take about 11 a.m. games are I actually like that time slot pretty well. I realize a lot of you don't. I'm not sure how much people care if it's a road game, but I just enjoy that you don't have to wait too long to the game underway. underway. Uh, the game's over by 2.30 or 3 o'clock. And then you have the rest of the day to watch college football. And it's especially good if your team wins. Like, if you win the 11 a.m. game, it's, like, the best feeling. Because then you can sit back and laugh and make fun of all the teams that lose during the day. And you can just enjoy um, a really good slate of college football. Even though this week, unfortunately, there's a lot of postponements with COVID-19. And a pretty light week on the Big 12 schedule. Not because of postponements. Just because... Now, there are only two games scheduled, so TCU, one of two games on the docket uh, for tomorrow's Big 12 slate, but I want to get into, in this segment, just the West Virginia game, some concerns I have, and then we'll talk about the other game in the Big 12 this week in segment two, and we'll also just sort of look at the Big 12 title race and where things stand, and then in segment three, we'll get into keys to the game, but first, let's talk about West Virginia in Morgantown tomorrow afternoon. So the big news from a personnel standpoint, the big question from a personnel standpoint for uh, for West Virginia this year or in this game is, is Liddy Brown going to play or not? They're starting running back. And Brown has 741 yards and 141 attempts this year. He's averaging a little over five yards per carry, nine touchdowns. He is the focal point of this offense. There's no doubt about it. I have not seen anything official on Letty. I am just guessing that he's going to play, and this is just me sort of reading between the lines. Um, Neil Brown said yesterday that he's hopeful that, that uh, Letty's going to play, and they've been very cautious with him in practice this week. It's essentially a game-time decision. I'm just guessing he's going to give it a go. I don't know how effective he'll be. I don't know if he'll be 100%. But I think he's going to give it a shot tomorrow morning um, when, when TC rolls into town. You know, the Frogs' defense against the run has been better the last few weeks. It was not very good at the start of the season. Granted, Brees Hall has turned out to be one of the best players in the conference. So, not a lot of shame in the fact that you gave up some chunk plays to him. But... They've really tightened this thing up and and gotten better um, over the past few weeks. So, interested to see how they do against, obviously, what's a really formidable running attack. But two things that just make me nervous about this game. The first one is, you have a young secondary out there. And Jarrett Dagey is not someone who's, you know, lit the, the world on fire. But he's very capable. I mean, he's thrown for... Over 2, 000, A little over 2,000 yards so far this season. Complete 65% of his passes. Has 11 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Take care, takes care of the football. Um, And their receivers, they're not, I mean, they don't jump off the page, but they're solid. They got a couple guys that are, you know, over 300 yards. Winston Wright Jr. is leading the team with 36 receptions for 447 yards. So they do enough to get the job done. And TCU is going to have young corners out there. I mean, you're going to see C.J. Caesar. Um, Gary Patterson joked that he might have to play some corner. He said that he might bring somebody over from offense this week to play that corner position. So, if you're undermanned there, can those guys hold up? We saw Caesar last week give up the two touchdown passes. Um, Can they do enough to get this thing done? Because we saw last Saturday, I mean, Texas was really able to keep this West Virginia offense in check, especially in the red zone. And Texas has gotten better under Chris Ash as the season's gone on, but they are not known for playing lockdown defense. So I think there's an opportunity for this TCU defense to continue to play well and do similar things to what we've seen the past couple weekends. But it all hinges on can you – overcome the inexperience that you're going to have at that corner position. Because you know Gary's not going to change his style. I mean, they're going to run a lot of man coverage. They're going to put those guys on an island, and uh, they're just going to have to figure it out. Now, the other concern I have about this game is one that I've talked about a few times, and it's just this TCU O-line holding up against a really good West Virginia defensive line. Uh, West Virginia has 21 sacks on the year. Darius Stills has three and a half. Jared Bartlett, their other defensive end, has three and a half. They can get after the quarterback, and it hasn't been a strength of TCU um, this year, obviously blocking and in pass protection. But here's the deal. I don't want this to become an excuse for them to just run the ball 50 times again. Um, The reality of it is, I don't think you can do that against this West Virginia team. They've held up pretty well against the run this season. Um, they've done well against running quarterbacks. They're going to be okay. So you've got to threaten this team with the passing game. And to do that, your O-line is going to have to hold up um, against a really good West Virginia defensive line. And if you're not able to do that, then it's going to be a long day offensively. So my, my big concerns – in this matchup is this TCU secondary, specifically the corners, really just the corners, against a West Virginia offense that, I mean, they're not slinging it all over the place, but they've shown that they can throw the football and make things happen in the passing game. And then the TCU O-line holding up against a very good West Virginia defensive line. Can they do it, and can you get something going vertically down the football field, or is this just another week where you're going to have to keep it on the ground at all cost, and, and hope for the best, hope to dominate like you had the last few weeks by just running the football with your stable or running backs and, of course, with Max Duggan. We'll, we'll find out um, here tomorrow. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll get more into uh, the Big 12. There's only one other game, but we'll just talk about that game, and then we'll get into the standings and where we are in the Big 12 title race. That's next on Locked on Horn Frogs. But before we do that, let's talk about Coors Light, the games tomorrow. What are you going to eat? But more importantly, what are you going to drink? What beverage are you going to grab when you get that moment to chill? College football, Saturdays watching the TCU game, that's your that's your time. That's your time to reset, rewind, get a chance to uh, refocus, and just block everything else out and enjoy the game. And when I want to enjoy the game, what I do is I reach for a cold Coors Light. It's cold lagered, cold brewed. It's literally the beverage made to chill. Um, it's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, uh, reach for the beer that's made to chill and you can get Coors Light in a new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. It's what I like to drink when I'm watching the frogs on Saturday. So before that, TC West Virginia game tomorrow, make sure you have some Coors Light on tap. Again, you can get it straight sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back on Lockdown Horn Frog, Stephen Simcox here with you. Don't forget, please uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. Subscribe so you can get the podcast sent straight to your um, phone. And also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you give me a review, a five-star review. It helps me reach new people. Um, it helps me, you know, get recommendations and that kind of thing. So... Please review, and you don't have to give me five stars. I mean, you can give me one star if you want. I'd be interested to see why you'd be listening consistently if you didn't like the show, but uh, you can review me however you want. Feedback is appreciated, and you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTCU. You can follow myself on Twitter at SimcoxSteven. So let's take a look at the Big 12 Conference and the games going on this weekend. There's only one other game, uh, as I mentioned, and it's Baylor-Texas Tech. These two teams are struggling uh, the the hot seat for Matt Wells, I, I wouldn't say it's hot yet, but it's warm. Tech fans are not happy. He had that really curious decision on Saturday where he goes for the field goal, down nine with about three minutes left. And, of course, they missed it. And basically uh, that ended the game. TCU ends up with the victory. And it, it's been a really disappointing season for the Red Raiders. Um, they went to Henry Columbia. Earlier this year, after Alan Bowman started at quarterback to start the season, and I saw yesterday that they're going to try to go with two quarterbacks uh, in this game Saturday. So they're going to use Bowman and Columbia. So that tells you that they still haven't exactly figured out who they want to roll with for the rest of the season and who gives them the best chance to win. Um, But I was surprised at, at how anemic that offense looked against TCU I mean I knew they had struggled this year but I did not realize if you take away those two plays I mean it's they're on the verge of getting shut out in that game the two big pass plays um, are really where they scored all their points so pretty shocked to see Texas Tech struggling so much and of course Baylor sitting at one and four um, just has not been a good season under first year head coach Dave Aranda Now, they played Iowa State pretty tough, but Iowa State turned the ball over four times in that game. Brock Purdy threw three interceptions, and Baylor scored 24 of their 31 points off turnovers. Um, Iowa State holds on, though, and and gets a victory 38-31 over Baylor. So the Bears searching for a win, and they're actually favored in this game. One in four team road favorites. That tells you how little people respect Texas Tech. And I mean, straight up, I'd pick Baylor to win. I, I think they showed some promise last week against Iowa State, even if some of it is not um, recreatable with with the turnovers that the Cyclones had. I feel like they're just a better team than Texas Tech after watching Tech last week. So let's take a look at the Big 12 standings right now. Iowa State is in the lead with a five and one conference record. Oklahoma State at four and one. K State at four and two. Oklahoma at four and two, and Texas at four and two. West Virginia also sits at four and two on the year, and then TCU at three and three, um, Baylor at one and four, Tech at one and five, and KU at zero oh and six. So, I said last week, I really feel like this thing's starting to open up for Oklahoma. Both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have the bye week, and then they face off in Bedlam next Saturday, and that's going to be a huge game. And if the Sooners win that. Then they have the inside track. Now, Iowa State's going to have something to say about it. And the Clones only lost was Oklahoma State. And they have the tiebreaker over uh, over OU. So, that's big. And I'm looking at the Iowa State schedule right now. I'm not sure who they have left to play. Um, they play Kansas State next week and then Texas and West Virginia. So, some tough opponents coming up. But Iowa State has a formula to win games. Brees Hall. At that running back position, and then a really good defense. Um, Brock Purdy has made some very curious decisions this season, but he's still a really capable quarterback, and they're in a decent position even with you know three games left on the schedule that aren't, I mean, slam dunk wins. Texas, I'm not totally bought into what they're doing, but I think they've definitely righted the ship this season under Tom Herman. I wouldn't go as far as to say Tom has uh, saved his job, but they're playing much better, especially defensively and uh, on that side of the ball. West Virginia was probably their best game of the year, only giving up 13 points. K State, I don't want to completely count them out. I just the last couple of weeks that uh, you've seen the limitations with Will Howard, and I can't see them um, continuing to to be in the Big Twelve title mix. I think they're going to drop another game or two just because of the inexperience at quarterback and how much that is uh, holding back their offense right now. And I really thought Oklahoma State was in a good position, and they still are. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in them beating OU next week. And maybe I should. I mean, they're certainly talented. This is the best team they've had in a long time. This was supposed to be the team that could get it done in the Big 12. But – OU has just – they're playing so well right now, and Gundy has not done well against the Sooners team. I mean, it's just the reality of it. He's had good squads. They're one of the more consistent teams in the Big 12. You know that they're going to win between 8 and 10 games every season, in a normal 12-game season, that is. But they haven't been able to get it done against the Sooners, and, uh, you know, that's been the thing that sort of held them back from being a factor um, in these championship games. So right now, if I had to pick two teams that I think are going to face off, I feel like OU and Iowa State is probably where we're headed. Um, but a ton of that is going to f- fall on Bedlam. And then Iowa State, they got to beat Texas. they got to beat West Virginia. they got to beat K-State. So still a lot to figure out. Um, but if I had to pick, I'd say Iowa State-Oklahoma. is probably the Big 12 championship game that we're looking at In a few weeks. Again, your Big 12 slate, not a lot going on. At 11 a.m., you get TCU in West Virginia. And then at 3 o'clock on Saturday, Baylor and Texas Tech square off in Lubbock. Baylor a a one-and-a-half point favorite if you're into that type of thing um, on the road against the Red Raiders. We'll come back, give you the keys to the game, close-up shop, One last preview of West Virginia. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But Before we do that, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It's delicious. They have 18 flavors, including six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And they have their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter. They also have a really good German chocolate flavor. And you might say, okay, that sounds really rich and delicious, but... You know, is it healthy? And and yes, it is. That's the great thing about Built Bar. It's only um, 180 calories. It's 19 grams of protein. It's uh, five grams of sugar, five grams of carbs. So it's good fuel for your body. It's the perfect thing to eat before a work shift or before a workout. And if you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at builtbar.com. Back on Locked On Horn Frogs final segment. Stephen Simcox here with you. <clears throat> next week is the bye week, and I'm hoping to have a lot of guests. Obviously, we'll have Matt on Monday uh, to recap the West Virginia game, win or lose, and we'll get into you know what we learned from from that matchup and where this team is moving forward. But I'm trying to, I'm efforting to get some former players on for next week um, to get some. Uh, host from the Lockdown Network who hosts some of the pro teams that some TCU players are playing for right now. Like I'd like to get the Lockdown Vikings guy to discuss Jeff Gladney and how he's doing as a rookie there. But I want to load up with some different style of content since we won't have a game um, to, you know, focus in on next week. Hopefully I can bring something that's engaging Pot will still be up though Monday through Friday, even on bye week. So appreciate you uh, tuning in and checking it out. And if you haven't subscribed, I didn't subscribed. I'd encourage you to uh, to do that as we head into next week. Um, but I will have content up even during the bye week. So keys to the West Virginia game: uh, the first one and the biggest one to me. I talked about it earlier in the show. You got to protect Max Duggan. You just have to. This offensive line has gotten better since T.J. it got in the lineup, but I think it's also been helped by the fact that Baylor and Texas Tech do not have a great pass rush, and now you're facing a team with a really good pass rush. We saw what happened against Oklahoma. The offense basically couldn't get off the ground because they could not keep Max Duggan clean in the pocket. He just had people coming at him left and right from all angles. That's why they were doing things in that game like running screens on third and 13 when they were down by 20 points. They were just never in that football game because they could not keep him upright. Um, West Virginia gets after people. That's what they do. That's what their defense is predicated on. So you're going to have to find a way to protect Max. Um, I hope Cumbie and Meacham come up with some creative ways to slow that pass rush down and not just have those uh, mountaineer defensive linemen coming off the edge um, and and pinning their ears back and, and making it happen all game long. Secondly, something's got to give in the passing game here. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can just run for almost 300 yards against West Virginia as well, but they have a pretty stout front seven. So I just don't see a way where you can run and run and run and play good defense and stay in this football game. West Virginia doesn't have the most explosive offense in the world, but they can score a little bit. And – I feel like especially with some of the injuries you have in the secondary, there's some potential for some big plays on the other side. So, you're going to have to keep up. It, I love Max and I hope he's okay and I hope he's 100% healthy, but if we're going to, you know, throw him in the mix as an elite quarterback in the Big 12, then you got to throw for more than 73 yards. That can't be I mean, that can't be the threshold. That can't be what you're doing. Not in this league, not in the Power 5 conference. Not when you're playing big-time, big-12 competition. So getting something going in the passing game is going to be key. Defensively, a couple keys there. Um, The emergence of of this pass rush has been a a godsend the last few weeks. So can you keep that going? Can O'Shawn Mathis continue to find his way in the backfield? Can Patrick Jenkins and uh, um, Earl Baquette get to the quarterback as well? They've got some interior guys that have some quickness that have been disruptive, that have blown some plays up over the past few weeks. So you want to see that continue. I mean, there's so much better on defense when that defensive line is clicking. And I think you've seen, too, Gary is actually more willing to bring pressure and take some risk when he feels like he can get home with his front four. When when those guys are doing their job well, then he's willing to bring a a safety or a corner off the edge because he knows that getting more pressure on the quarterback – is a big deal, and it's going to help this defense work um, so much better. So can you continue to do that? Can this defensive line continue to make plays and be disruptive and be the force that they've been the past couple weeks? Also, can this secondary hold up? Really just the corners. Can C.J. Caesar step in and make something happen? Is Trey Tomlinson going to be available for Saturday? Can he come in and play some snaps? Is Gary actually going to move somebody over from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball to play some coverage on Saturday and try to make some plays? Um, especially if Letty Brown's out of the lineup, you would expect West Virginia to use their passing game more and lean on that pretty heavily if they can't run the balls effectively. So they're going to be tested. They're going to be challenged. Um, are they going to be able to make plays and make things happen? I really want to see the Frogs win this one, obviously. But that game last year in Fort Worth was so frustrating. There's no way they should have lost. It was a silly loss. It kept them from going to a bowl game. It was a game that they felt you just felt like they were in complete control of. And uh, they couldn't get it done. Alright, time to make my pick. So, here we go. This is the first time I think I've done this since I've started the pod. I'm going to take the Mountaineers in this one. I feel terrible about it. TCU's won two in a row. I like some things that they've done on offense, being creative in the running game. I just feel like the passing game has been so inept. And I know Gary has said it's just because it, it's what defenses are doing and they're taking what the defense gives them. Well, I expect to see more of the same then against West Virginia as far as defensive scheme and trying to limit that. And – I just I don't feel like this offensive line is going to be able to hold up and block and protect Max enough to get things going offensively. So I feel like West Virginia wins a football game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I come on here Monday and talk about how wrong I was and that this offense is clicking better and they're getting things done. But I, I just don't see it right now. I think, uh, I think West Virginia wins on Saturday in a close game. I feel like it's going to be a very close game. It's probably going to be – a frustrating ending if they can't find a way to uh, to close it out. That'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs. Thank you for joining me this week. We'll be back Monday with Matt Jennings, and then I hope to have more guests throughout the week as we take you through the bye week, starting on Monday morning. Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Have a good weekend, everyone.